What is up, my friends? You are listening to The Breakfast Show on Faith FM. It is 8.05 a.m. I'm looking out the window here, and I'm seeing some beautiful sun, despite it getting really cold. Mm. I'm cold, Monica. Yesterday was, like, bright and sunny, but like an icy, angry wind. Yeah. yeah. Almost like, blew our shop front over. We had to, like, take oh. everything that was outside and put it inside because it kept blowing over. Our mannequins, our flags, our yeah. signs, our I got furniture. to hang out in the library, so I was... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was chilling. Yeah, yeah. L- literally chilling, <laughs> chilling in the library. But then I, I, uh, I briefly went out last night, and yeah, just got got hit by some gusts, and I'm like, this is absolutely wild. Mm. But such is life. Maybe, maybe weather's good where you are. I hope it is. Listen, we are going to have another clue for the quiz. It's a who am I quiz, and this is our fourth clue, and it goes like this. After Peter healed a crippled man in Lystra, the people worshipped us as gods. They called me Zeus and Paul and Hermes. 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 Mm. I don't know how to pronounce the, the Greek one. I don't know how to pronounce the fashion <laughs> one. The fashion one is Hermes. Hermes. Yeah, but yeah, so Hermes. I love Greek. You know how like you know how we say like Pythagoras, for example? Mm-hmm. But in Greek, they would say like Pythagoras. Oh, that's so nice. Which I'm like, that's so... Why didn't we do that? That's so much cooler. <laughs> yeah. Like, Pythagoras. I, I love that so much more than, than Pythagoras. Well, I guess it fits into like when we say pie instead of pee. So, mm. so, hey, I just ate some of your guava jam on the bagels. Sylvia's guava jam, yeah. And I got to say... It's good, right? It's pretty good. It's, yeah. It's not quite strawberry. Whatever. But... It's it, on par with strawberry. Not as good as raspberry and definitely not as good as rosehip. Nothing will ever touch rosehip jam. Nah, strawberry's where it's at, <clears throat> dude. It's a nice sweet strawberry. I just love how sweet it is. Yeah. And so, But it's but, it's pretty no, good. So, uh, to me, sweet is like such a base, boring flavour. It needs to have something with it. So that's why like raspberry is better because it adds that tart, tangy, mm-hmm. as well as the sweet. I love Tangy is my favorite. Tangy is from my favorite flavor. But you don't time. like green apples. No, because they're just sour. I don't like sour. I like tangy. Oh, it's a I slight difference. Sour. It's like I what love, passion fruit is. I love it. I love green apples so much. They're just my abs. It's my favorite fruit. Oh, is it your my, favorite my, food? Like my well, not my favorite food. I mean, have you ever had fur before? Like fur. Yeah, like Vietnamese. I can't say I've ever eaten fur ever. No. No, no, not f u r p h o. Oh, pho. No. It's not what? pronounced for. Whatever. But it's Now who's getting all niche? Yeah, yeah, that's right. That's me. That's me. <laughs> but it's it's basic it's Vietnamese noodles in soup. Oh yum. And it is basically if you go to Asia and you mm-hmm. ask for noodles and soup, you will get something good. Doesn't yeah. matter if you're in China or Vietnam, just make sure it's vegan. First okay, and foremost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it doesn't matter if you're in China, Japan, Korea, Vietnam, Taiwan. Well, so I feel Thailand, like you're holding out on me. When Malaysia. are you taking me out for some foot? Oh, well, when you ask. When have you ever wanted to hang out with me? What? I want to hang out with you all the time. I feel like I'm always asking you to come to the up shop to hang out. And you were like, no, I'm busy. Well, I am busy. Yeah, yeah, yeah there Fair you go. Enough. There Fair you enough. Go. Hey, we have some text message here. We are supposed to take God's side, and we know that there will be wars and rumors of wars leading up to the second coming of Jesus. Absolutely, Braden. Braden also writes, my question about the Ten Commandments in schools, which Ten Commandments will they be displaying? That's actually a fantastic question. Now, I would say probably the Bible Ten Commandments, but you know there's two different Ten Commandments? Is there? Yeah, so there's the Ten Commandments from the Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, but then also the Ten Commandments of the Catechism as well. So the Catholic Church, for a couple hundred years now, have edited the Ten Commandments. Oh, okay. And I, I have a friend who used to be 
Catholic. And she, she was in living in Africa and she memorized the Ten Commandments as all good Catholics do in, mm-hmm. in, uh, in Uganda. And it was the Ten Commandments of the Catechism. That must have been confusing for her when she found out the real Ten Commandments. Yeah. She was like, wait, what? There's an, there's, there's the Ten Commandments in the Bible is different. And I was like, absolutely. So what, what are you looking for, Monica? I'm looking for my Bible. Oh, it's, it is. Bless your heart. Right here. Oh, you've got it. Yeah, yeah. Naughty. <laughs> All the Bibles over there. <laughs> so the Ten Commandments in the Catechism, it essentially deletes Commandment 2. Wow. Um, which is the commandment about worshiping mm-hmm. images and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And then, but then it can't be the nine commandment, nine commandments. So what they do is they take the last commandment, which is the commandment about coveting and commandment nine is you shall not covet your neighbor's house. And commandment 10 is you shall not covet your neighbor's wife. Oh, so they split it into two. So they split it in two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, also, like the probably the most heavily edited commandment in the Catholic, the Catechism Ten Commandments is commandment, it, previously number four, has now become number three, which is the Sabbath commandment, where it says, remember to keep the Lord's Day holy. They've, they've deleted, you know, a, a, a good hundred words out of that thing about yeah, the wow. seventh day, about working. It just says, remember to keep the Lord's Day holy. So interesting. So, yeah, good question, well, I'm Brady. curious to know about your African friend, like when she found out the real commandments, was she astounded? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. She- but yeah, Brayden, that is a good question because, you know, we know where end times are going to go. So it's very interesting to think about which 10 commandments will be hung up in schools. Mm. Very good point. Absolutely. We have a, a text here from Suzanne. She says, praise God. Loved hearing your testimony, Lawson. Oh, thank you. Praise God. And I think, um, you know, I I just want to use my life to inspire people to, to know God. I think a question that I often get in regards to my testimony is like you asking like obviously you're not racing bikes now but i tell people my testimony and particularly young people like i try as hard as i can to emphasize how much better my life is now following Mm, jesus amen it's not like i lived this amazing life then my life was in shambles and then oh it's it's okay now because i follow jesus he helped me to get through it's like my life the life that i live now doing ministry is by far and away, the best life that I have ever lived. And I tell people that all the time. People yeah. are like, how are you? And I'm like, I'm living my best life. Because I, I truly I truly am. The life that I live in Christ is far better than the life that I live as some motorbike guy. Like, mm. whatever, man. Like, really, really, I find far more joy. I have better relationships, better friendships, a better, a better connection and relationship with my family. Like, everything is better since mm. I stopped racing motorbikes. And follow Jesus. And follow Jesus wholeheartedly. And so I I think... And a much better long-term plan, to be honest. Absolutely. So I really hope, you know, people can be inspired by that and go, wow, like God is good. And, uh, and, you know, I want to know him too, despite my situation. We've got another text message here. It says, you have an amazing testimony, Lawson, and a testament to the power of prayer. It also gives me hope to continue to pray for my sister um, and her family and my estranged wife who both turn their backs on God, but I will continue to pray for them. Absolutely. Oh, and man. and really, at the end of the day, like, the you could say, oh, that's so random, these two girls knocked on your door, da da da, da. But, like, God had been preparing me for years mm. to be open for them because, like I said, I grew up going to Christian schools and I had Christian friends and I always had a really high opinion of them. In fact, when I was in year seven, I went to a Christian conference with that my school let me go to. It was our school, but it was, like, 
six of us went because it was like a paid thing and most people were like, oh, we don't want to go. But six of us went and I went and I paid to go. It was like 40 bucks because it was the day off school. So <laughs> <laughs> we went there. There was like five of us from our school that went. It was like all different kids from all different schools all wearing their school uniforms. And there was a small group of us from, from Hunter Christian School. And we went and this guy preached this sermon. Mm. That was powerful he gets up it was just like buff as asian guy and he, he's like asian australian and he gets up and the, the pulpit that they had there was this like solid wooden pulpit right it was like a like a one small stem with like feet at the bottom and then a thing at the top and he picks up the pulpit and puts it on his shoulder and proceeds to preach the whole sermon holding the mic in one hand and the pulpit on his shoulder right carrying it around oh, wow and i'm watching i'm like this is crazy like who is this guy and he's like walking around and walking around and walking around and um and and he's speaking and he's preaching and he's just talking about like everything christ had given to us and i remember hearing that and and being like touched being inspired and and having really nice christian friends from really great christian families you know i'd stay over at their place and, and they're really christian and and so I always had a great perspective, like a positive perspective on Christianity. Mm-hmm. So it'd been preparing me for years until the point where when I needed Jesus, yeah. like before I felt like I didn't need him. Now, when I felt like I needed Jesus, he was there. Amen. So again, all we can do is pray because God is actively working and endeavoring to work in your family's lives, to work in your friends' lives. He's putting together, you know, he's, pu- he's putting together the situation. And we know that at the end of the day, Everyone has a choice. You know, mm. the character of God is as such that he gives everyone the choice and the freedom to be able to to choose him. But God will do everything that he possibly can in order to save them. And like you just said, when you needed Jesus, he was there. That's available to everyone. Mm. If you need Jesus, he is he already is there. there. He's there. And maybe you. maybe you're considering right that right now. Well, praise God you're listening to the show this morning. I think this is Jesus calling out to you. You're listening to The Breakfast Show. Contact us on 0491-064-669. Oh, Lawson, you missed my favorite text from this morning. Oh, what was that? It's from Sherry. It says, morning, lovelies. <laughs> I love it. Morning, Sherry. You can call me lovely anytime. <laughs> I'm blushing. <laughs> oh, I love that. And Sky sent us a text too. She says, "Wow, Lawson, so great." And again, all I can say, all I can say to these texts is, is thank you, but also praise God. Amen. It's really at the end of the day, it's the, it's the work that God has done. You know, I, I I've also I've been really blessed to become a Christian and then find that I have gifts that lend themselves to ministry, and that's right. the life that I'm going to yeah. live now. Uh, which is praise God, you know, He's given me a calling. I, I think that if you're faithful in in any area, mm-hmm. like God will use it. You know, yeah. whatever work that you do, God will use it to His glory if you're committed to Him. But Amen. in my case, it's gifts in the area of ministry, whether it's preaching or radio or you know singing, Music. leading worship, yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, it's it's I've been blessed with ministry gifts, and because of that, often people say like, "Oh, Lawson, you do you do such a good job. You do this, you do that. You know, you sing really well, or you preach really well, or whatever." Um, and to that, I can really just say praise God. Yeah. Like, man, I started doing music stuff when I was like almost 20. Mm. I, I, I learned guitar and everything. And now I'm like, I'm at a level where I, I can play with professionals. Like mm. I can, I can record, I can do all this stuff. And I'm like, 
Man, it really is the God. Gift. Yeah, you were you were you were faithful with a little talent, and God gave you more. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, your life is definitely a test. Like when I when I look at your story, I I think <sighs> your life is a testimony to, um, the Lord. Uh, you know, if you if you follow God and and you follow um His bidding, He will guide you and and give you more and and grow you and mold you. Um, yeah, that's what I see when I look at you, Lawson. Cause yeah. I haven't known you for about five, six years now. And it's, yeah. it's been really awesome watching you come into the church, come into yeah. the faith and, and grow um, into a man of God. Wow. That took a lot for Monica to say that. <laughs> that, you know, she was really pressed to get that one out. She had to say something nice and she said, <laughs> no, that's, that's awesome. I love you too, Monica. Oh, oh we're going to get you on here to tell your story soon. Look, next time, next time our interview falls through, we'll do my, my, my testimony. Sure. Okay. Pra- <laughs> praise God. Praise God. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM. Thanks for your text messages. And just remember to, to get in. For, for more text messages, you know what we haven't done today? Give it a shout out to people from various locations. Oh, so I'm going to do that it. now. You know who I'm going to shout out this morning? Who? The fantastic people of Newcastle, New South Wales. They, they are one on our list here that I haven't done yet. So shout out Newcastle, of course, my home as a Novocastrian, as, as someone from this area. I love Newcastle so much. I think that everyone should move to Newcastle or should stop moving to Newcastle. Actually, <laughs> yeah, don't yeah. do that. What are you doing? Stop. What am I doing? Yeah, the traffic is <laughs> getting away. like... Go like, Darwin. <laughs> I, was, I was talking to someone recently who immigrated to Australia into Sydney. Oh. And, you know, they're living in Sydney, living in city life. They come from, like, Hong Kong, which Hong Kong is, like, city life on, like, another oh, yeah, yeah, level. Yeah, yeah. But come to Sydney, it's, like, busy. And then they move to Newcastle because it's slower and quieter. They're like, oh, this is so great. But then the last couple of years, for themselves, they've been noticing, I'm like, oh, look at the traffic. Oh, yep. look at the... Yep. The rose-colored glasses are coming off. The, the housing prices, uh-huh. you know, all those things. Uh-huh. So maybe don't move. You know what you should do? Come and visit me. Come visit us in Newcastle. Yeah, come visit the Faith FM studio. Absolutely. Can you come imagine doing radio with a live audience? That would be amazing. That would be amazing. And then they could like laugh in the background yeah. and it'd be like a laughing track. I, you know? Yeah, every time you make a joke, we'd have to hold up a laugh sign because they wouldn't know. <laughs> wow. Are you saying I'm not funny? That's so No, no rough. I just had to balance out all those compliments I gave you. Sure, like. sure, 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 sure. <laughs> hey, do you know where this is? Sheffield, Tasmania. I do know where Sheffield, Tasmania is, yeah. I know where Sheffield is in the UK. Yes, the same. Sheffield. Shout out Sheffield, Tasmania, 88.0 Because you mistakenly thought I was Tasmanian, didn't you? Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. Now, my parents retired and moved to Tasmania about 10 years ago. That's so cute. now when I go, go home for Christmas, so to speak, I now go to Tasmania, but I am born and raised in Western Australia. Are you from Geraldton, Western Australia? No, that's that's quite a hike from where I'm from. Okay. That's a country town outside of Perth. Okay. I have no um, idea. Any- I'm from the suburb of Marangaroo. Do we have Marangaroo here? I'd be very surprised no. if you had Marangaroo. Hey, shout out anyone listening from Marangaroo. <laughs> north of the river in Perth. If you are listening, please text in. I'd love to. If anyone knows where Marangaroo is, please text us 0491064669. It's just suburbia. Nothing special. That's awesome. Yeah. You're listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, and we are going to continue in our Bible study of the book of Daniel. We've been looking so far. Well, yesterday we covered the little horn, yeah. and I didn't make it a definitive statement as to who the little horn was. This is a... a Small but powerful. A small but powerful. A character in Bible prophecy that we see pop up a number of times that essentially represents the Antichrist power of history. You know, the power, the institution that stands against Christ, that obscures people from receiving salvation from him. And the charge that I gave, after we saw all of the... the, 
the characteristics of him yesterday. We saw that it was a literal nation from Western Europe that had its founding between 476 and 538 AD that claimed to be in the place of God and forgive sins, that persecuted God's people, that claimed to change God's times and laws and had a ruling power of 1,260 years before it received a deadly wound or, you know, some kind of cataclysmic event happened to it that then it healed from. And so those were the characteristics. And I didn't take time to go through the history and line that up with who it could potentially be. But I did say, if you want some insight into who it is, look up what is the smallest country on earth, because we know that the little horn represents a small nation. What is the smallest nation on earth? Look that up and then ask yourself the question, is this a religious power that claims to be in the place of God, that claims to forgive sins, that claims to change God's times and laws, and that claims to, that has persecuted God's people? Have and you been there, by the way? Have I been there? I've never been there. It is very, very small. You can walk across it. That's right. Yeah, uh, yeah. but we won't give any more information. That mm-hmm. that was yesterday's study. Mm-hmm. But we're going to continue on in Daniel chapter 8. Because, again, we're getting more perspective on this judgment and how Daniel chapter 8 relates to it. Now, we come to verse 10, I believe. Yes. Do you want to read, actually, from verse 10? This is about a little <clears> horn. And read through to verse 12. So Daniel 8, verses 10 to 12, I am reading from the NLT, and it goes like this. Its power reached to the heavens, where it attacked the heavenly army, throwing some of the heavenly beings and some of the stars to the ground and trampling them. It even challenged the commander of heaven's army by cancelling the daily sacrifices offered to him and by destroying his temple. The army of heaven was restrained by responding from responding to this rebellion. So the daily sacrifice was halted and truth was overthrown. The horn succeeded in everything it did. Okay, so we see this little horn. It is actively attempting to stand against God, to defy him. It says it throws the... The, it commits transgression, it throws the daily sacrifices, and oh, well, it throws truth to the ground, and it opposes the daily sacrifices. And it did all of this and prospered. It prospered. So it was quite successful in doing so. It yeah. wielded lots of power, lots of influence. And so this is, this is what we see of this little horn, that it's acting in this way, this antichrist power. Then we come to verse 13, and we kind of change the... The, the, you know, you can see the pair, if we, if we were imagining this as a movie in our mind's eye, uh, you see the camera pan across mm. and it's like, it, 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 we see this conversation between these two angels that have been a part of this vision so far. Do you want to read 13 and 14 for us? Then I heard two holy ones talking to each other. One of them asked, how long will the events of this vision last? How long will the rebellion that causes discretion stop the daily sacrifices? How long will the temple and heaven's army be trampled on? Mm-hmm. The other replied, it will take 2,300 evenings and mornings. Then the temple will be made right again. Okay, so they're seeing this, these two holy ones, you know, these two holy people, they speak to one another and they say, how long will this happen for? How long will this power be persecuting for? And how long will it will it be doing so? And then the the response from the other holy one is for two thousand three hundred days, then the sanctuary shall be cleansed. Now, we need to understand then well, two things here. Firstly, how long is this period of two thousand three hundred days? When does it start and when does it end? But secondarily, 
what does it mean for the sanctuary to be cleansed? Because mm-hmm. obviously we're within Bible prophecy, we're looking at symbols that represent a greater meaning. And so it's like, well, well, what is this sanctuary? How is it cleansed? Immediately it's an allusion to the earthly temple um, that was built here by Moses and then later by Solomon and in Jerusalem and whatnot. But uh, how does this relate to end-time prophetic events? And that's what we're going to be looking at in our next section. We're going to be looking at the temple, uncovering it, and, and trying to understand how it is that it relates to this prophecy. You're listening to The Breakfast Show Podcast on Faith FM. Positively different. It is time for, I think this is our final clue. Oh, yeah, it's our final clue for our Who Am I quiz this morning. Paul and I were the first missionaries sent out from the church in Antioch. That's getting pretty easy now. 0491064669. If you look that up in the Bible, that's totally fine. We love inspiring people to turn to their Bibles, even if it's just to get a quiz clue right so you can get in the draw. Paul and I were the first missionaries sent out for the church in Antioch. Do you know who it is, Lawson? Yes. Yeah. Cool. I knew who it was from the first clue. <laughs> <laughs> Just check in. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, this character is one of my favorites. And mm. they, well, the book of Acts is my favorite book in the Bible. Yeah. It's probably the book of the Bible that I've spent <laughs> the most time in. So usually book of Acts questions, like like this person is prominent within the book of Acts. I'm like. I'm going to give you another clue, actually. So some of my friends, uh, Kel and Joe, um, they're in they're they also, like I was, uh, are into van life, uh-huh. um, but they purchased like a massive Hino coach and they just a week ago finished the build. It took mm-hmm. them th- three, three years to gut Please it. Please tell me it. they named it this. They named it this. Did they have a plaque? They, yeah, they, they're getting a, like, because they had to, when you when you convert a vehicle into a home, you ha- one of the strictest regulations is you have to change the door. You can't have an inward opening door. It has to be an outward opening door. Mm. So they're getting an outward opening door and they're frothing like in frosted glass putting this name on there that's so sick yeah yeah it's a great name that's so annoying though that's like is that a necessary regulation uh, yeah think? yeah and take it from someone who didn't change her door for a long time it actually makes sense because mm. what happens is if you're living in your in your in your van and something falls in that footwell where the door opens you can no longer open the door unless you bend down and fish whatever's in the footwell out and then open the door so if you've hurt yourself and you can't bend down that low because you have to remember the footwell goes quite low. Yeah, absolutely. If you can't bend down and pick it up, you are actually trapped in your vehicle. And I had it happen to me so many times because you know stuff falls around when you're driving. Mm. I, I used to do van life for those of you who don't know, mm. and I was constantly um, trapping myself in my in my bus before I switched the door over. Oops. But um, but because I thankfully I was still mobile. But every time I bent over and fished stuff out of there, I was like, I can totally see why this is a this mm. is a life hazard. So yeah, sometimes absolutely. sometimes it's like nanny state, and other times it's like, yeah, this makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> Nanny style. <laughs> Shout out to all my van lifers. You know, it's so actually regarding like Nanny State and whatnot. I was talking. I have some some friends from from Asia, uh, particularly my friends from Japan. They're telling me about the the process to get your full license there. Oh yeah. Oh well, I was talking to my friend from China, and they're like, he's like, yeah, man, it takes like four months to get your full license. I'm like, four months. In Australia, it takes four years. Yeah, four months is so quick. And then, and then, and then, my friends in Japan—they're like, "Oh yeah, it's like a six-week course. It's like so hard." And I'm like, "It was actually I was in the car with a Japanese person who's lived in Australia for a long time, and they turned to the other Japanese people, and they're like, 
dude, like, that's nothing. Like, like <laughs> it's like, and then she asked me, she's like, Lawson, how long did it take you to get your license? I'm like, oh, yeah, four, four years. years. <laughs> <laughs> I have a friend who came from, um, I'm not going to say which country in Asia, but in her country, you just buy them. Over the counter. Oh, straight up. Literally just buy them. Do you want to, you want to know the- And she came to Australia with that license and thought she could just buy a car and drive on our roads and had an accident. Of course. Yeah. And actually Survived. regularly ha- Shout out, um, I know, and this is, just, this is just objectively true. So in India, you go, mm-hmm. you do your license test, jump in the car, you do a lap of the car park, and if you can do a lap of the car park, starting and stopping- <laughs> You are ready to drive. <laughs> it is gnarly. Uh, some, sometimes our nanny state works for us. Though. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. That's right. Hey, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. We've been considering so far, what does it mean to cleanse the sanctuary? Mm. Now, the sanctuary itself, it says uh, in the Bible, in a classic verse, Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8, let them make me a sanctuary that I may dwell with them. It was this building that had a number of articles of furniture in it and it was essentially the way that God dwelt among his people. You, so you had this outer court, right? And what was in the outer court of the of the sanctuary, Monica? Oh, oh, hold on, she's 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 about to, to cough and she's she's drinking some tea. Are you are you alright? <laughs> yes, sorry. So you've got the sanctuary, right? I'm yeah. asking you a question. So you've got the outer court of the sanctuary. Let's say you walk in and right in front of you, what do you see? Isn't it like the the uh the bowl of water or something with so the first clean off. Yeah, you've got the laver that's just right out the front of the the building itself. But outside of the building, what do you see? It's the the sacrifice thing. Yeah, the yeah. altar, the, the altar, altar of sacrifice. So you've got this yeah. altar of sacrifice right there, and that's where you come in as a sinner. You bring your lamb. You confess your sins under the head of the lamb, then slit its throat, and your sins are then. Be- <laughs> You're forgiven. Brayden just sent in a text message saying Barnabas or Barnabas. You just gave it away. Oh, I did. <laughs> well, hey, um, congratulations, everyone who's gotten it correct so far. You're listening to the Breakfast Show, and uh, let's let's uh, let's keep considering the sanctuary. Maybe they didn't hear me say that. Uh, <laughs> Thankfully, we had no more clues to give away. Yeah, that's right. Powerful stuff. And, uh, and Braden, it is the second one, yes. Yeah, that's yeah, they so did, They did a play on it, yeah. That's so sick. <laughs> Anyways, you're listening to The Breakfast Show. And so you walk in. Yes. You've got this the altar, altar sacrifice. sacrifice and the labor. Yeah. Yep. You've, got, you've then got the labor. You then make your way. Then There's then like the building has like two compartments. It's got mm. a holy place and a most holy place. In the holy place, you've got the altar of sacrifice. Uh, sorry, that's on the outside. You've got the the, the altar of incense, the, the altar of incense, the table of showbread, and the the, the ki- Gold, seven lampstand, like the, a candle. Yeah, that's right. Um, and each one of these, like uh, Christologically, like refer to different aspects of Jesus's ministry at the time. Um, they were yeah representing different parts of of the sanctuary. Then you go into the most holy place, and you have the Ark of the Covenant. It's which, go through the veil. That's right. You've got a curtain, part, yeah. a curtain called the veil, and you go into the most holy place. And inside the most holy place is the Ark, of the, the Ark of the Covenant, and inside the Ark of the Covenant, you've got the Ten Commandments. Yeah. And on top of the Ark of the Covenant, you've got this glowing presence called the Shekinah Glory, which is literally God's presence. And no one could go into the Ark of the Covenant area, the most holy place, except for once a year. Now, up until that once a year, what would be happening is you had what was called the Daily Sacrificial Service, which is where people would slit the throats of 
their lamb or their sacrifice, whatever it may be, the blood would run out into a bowl after they've confessed their sins on the head of the lamb. So their sins are now on the lamb. The blood would run out into the bowl, and then they would take the bowl into, the priest would take the bowl into the holy place and then sprinkle the blood on the veil and rub it on the horns of the altar of incest. And he would do this countless times a day, every single year. And because he was doing this, you could imagine that veil just really caking up with blood uh, and getting mm. quite nasty and quite the gross. smell would be... Now, that was actually one of the great purposes, the altar of incest, incense, is that it, it neutralized the smell of the blood that was within the sanctuary. Now, the priest would continue to, to go in and go in and go in, and they would do these offerings until once a year they would have a service called the Day of Atonement where they would cleanse the sanctuary. Now, in that one day where they would cleanse the sanctuary, there was a number of different aspects to this cleansing of the sanctuary. But the most important one in, in our regard is that they would go into the most holy place, they would put blood on to, into the most holy place before the throne of God, and they, they would put blood there. Um, but then, basically what would happen is a division of people. And that division of people would be based on if you have, if you are a known sinner, but you have confessed your sins and the blood is in the sanctuary and now the sanctuary is being cleansed and everything's being clean and gone. Well, then where's your sin? Mm. It doesn't exist. That's right. It's not on you. It's not in the sanctuary. It's not anywhere. But if you haven't confessed your sins, then where are your sins? still on you on yourself Mm -hmm. so if you didn't participate in the cleansing of the sanctuary if your sins weren't in the sanctuary they would actually bring judgment against you and you would end up being kicked out of the camp it was a way that they used to divide the people you're listening to the breakfast show podcast on faith fm positively different i love that the light rain you know, playing as the song fades out. Of course, it doesn't represent when I look out my window what is happening weather-wise here because we are well and truly having a sunny day today here in Newcastle, New South Wales. You're listening to The Breakfast Show and, Monica, you're going to give us an answer to the quiz even though I kind of already did it. But like... Yes, the answer is Barnabas. Yep, Barnabas. I'm absolutely loving Freco's uh, text message. He sent an emoji of a banana and a bus. Uh-huh. <laughs> banana bus. Get it? Ah! Wait, did you talk, did you see this <clears throat> this West Aussie text that we got? Yeah, I want to read it out in a second. But first mm. of all, Barnabas is also known as Joseph, a Levite from Cyprus. Barnabas sold a field and brought the money to put it at the apostles' feet. All the apostles were afraid of Paul until Barnabas brought him to them in Jerusalem. And after Paul healed a crippled man in Lystra, the people worshipped us as gods. And they called Barnabas Azus and Paul and uh, Hermes. And Paul and Barnabas were the first missionaries sent out of the church of Antioch. And my friends have built a van life bus and they're calling it the Barnabas. That's so cute. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'd probably just call it Dorcas. <clears throat> Dorcas. I call everything I own Dorcas. <laughs> okay. It's just my favorite name. Yeah, I got some really cool text messages. I'm so excited to read them. Um, uh, people from WA are messaging in. I'm absolutely stoked. Wait, where are they? I have to scroll through all these messages. Where's my West Australians? Uh, yeah, someone said, good morning from Balcatta, Perth. I absolutely know where Balcatta is. It's like around the corner from where I grew up. I'm, I can't believe it. Uh, David Edgar wrote in, hi, Mon. My wife, Tina, and I married in 1986 and first lived in Balga, Girawin, Mirabuka, Port Kennedy, then Mullaloo, Mirawa. Balladura, Mirabuka, and now Ellenbrook. Uh, so love from David Edgar of Ellenbrook, Perth. Man, 
David, that was like such Dogtown memory lane, all those, uh, all those, um, suburbs. And by the way, David, are you the David Edgar who writes those wonderful kids books? Is that the same guy? I think it might be. I love your books, by the way. Huge fan. <laughs> and if you're not, well, then just shout out that guy. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, uh, I, uh, I know all these locations. They're all, they're all places of my childhood. So really cool. Oh. Yeah. Oh, that's cute. Hey, I just wanted to, to wrap up quickly with our Bible study and share just share a few things really quick. So we talked about this Day of Atonement service that would happen um, every single, you know, every, every single year. One of the biggest purposes for it was, yes, to cleanse the sanctuary, but it would act as a judgment. <laughs> You're right, Monica. Man, here, that, you rocketed there. That was Sorry. wild. Um, but, yeah, it acted as a form of judgment between the people it would divide the people this process um it would divide the people into those who had put their sins in the sanctuary and whose blood because they sacrificed their sins are in the blood of the lamb which had been taken into the sanctuary and now had been cleaned so it no longer exists versus those whose sins are still on them and if your sins were still on you if you were a known sinner and you hadn't repent repented and you hadn't um or if you hadn't participated in the Day of Atonement, you'd just be kicked out of the camp. Yeah. They'd be like, you're not a part of us. You're not on our mission. You obviously don't want to connect with Jesus. Bam, you're gone. You're out. Um, now, when the Bible says that the sanctuary will be cleansed at the end of time, there's so much more that could be said on this. And we might spend a fair bit of time tomorrow unpacking this as well. But essentially then, again... We see in Daniel chapter 8, this little horn antichrist power doing all these terrible, awful things in, in putting itself in the place of God. And the, and the question is, well, when is everything going to be made right? At the cleansing of the sanctuary. We see basically all the other chapters of Daniel, all the prophetic chapters of Daniel, particularly Daniel chapter 2 and Daniel chapter 7, especially Daniel chapter 2, end with a scene of judgment. And, of course, because the cleansing of the sanctuary acts as a form of judgment, we can also see that when it's saying here, oh, under 2,300 days, then the sanctuary will be cleansed, is that judgment will happen at that time. Now, tomorrow we'll also deal with, well, when does this time start? When does it end? How does it affect us? So make sure you keep listening and you stay tuned. But, uh, yeah. We have just uh, another message here from Paula, she says, Dear Lawson, the first time I listened to the breakfast show, I could hear gratitude and joy in your voice. The Holy Spirit moving through you. Hearing your life history, it makes sense. Something, as the saying goes, we have to hit rock bottom to fall, to fall in order to get up again. Some sadly stay down. Others get up um, but sadly still go through a life feeling lost. Others get up and through God's strange and wondrous circumstance get led to mm. baptism and the Holy Spirit moves through them as with you. You now are blessed to seek all those lost and help and help them get up. I often think about, it must have been symbolic when Jesus needed help with the cross to stand up when the Roman soldier ordered the man by the road to pick up the cross. Wow. Thanks for being a part of the Faith FM family. Join our community on Facebook or get in touch at 1-800-FAITH-FM. You are listening to The Breakfast Show here on Faith FM, where we are bringing you all things news and all things positively different and all things the Bible. And we hope that you have been blessed today. Now, we've come to the end of the show, our very last segment. Time to give something away for free. Absolutely. Okay, here we go. I'm going to give you a book called Blood Behind the Veil. It's written by Joe Cruz. So if you've been enjoying um, Lawson's uh, Bible study about the sanctuary Mm. and you want to know more, 
this is the book for you. Oh, Joe Cruz is the man. Yeah, he's so great, right? So to understand the sanctuary is to understand the total work of salvation through Jesus. Now explore his ministry for us in the heavenly sanctuary, going um, right on now and what it means for you. A beautiful study that will strengthen your faith and give you even greater hope for the kingdom to come. Experience the significance of the book of Hebrews. Understand the total picture of Christ's saving work for humanity and you personally. So this is Blood Behind the Veil by Joe Cruz. Uh, get this now. You just have to be the first person to call through right now. Call before 9 a.m. 0491 Secure the one and only copy that we have of Blood Behind the Veil by Joe Cruz. Mm, absolutely. You are listening to The Breakfast Show this morning, and we love that you've been able to join us. Got some text messages coming through. Shell, thanks for the beautiful music this morning. Y'all have uh, y'all have a blessed day. And to Mon and Lawson, hosting and sharing an important message on the temple. Absolutely. Lawson actually did the music this morning, so thanks, yeah. Lawson. And David, sorry, I got the person wrong. I, I meant David Edgren, but apparently your daughter, Tiffany Manowick, does write books. So, yeah, and, and all my love to you people in uh, WA, Ellenbrook, the whole lot of you. Again, that number was 0491-064-669 if you want to claim the prize. And, hey, give us a call. 0491-064-669. Talk faith, live faith. God be with you.